With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for the Mainland Podcast, episode number 234. I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, and we are an SB Nation site that covers Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, OCB, all things soccer-related, really, in the city beautiful. Joined, as always, by David Rowe up in Tallahassee. Dave, how are you this week? I'm good. I'm warming up and recovering from my, uh, my camping trip, which was enjoyable, if chilly. Okay. Well, you know, vacations, if you if you come home tired from a vacation, you didn't do it right, I'm told. <laughs> yeah, but that's inevitably how it always seems then you, to happen. Then you need a vacation. Yeah. Uh, all right, so it's funny because like 24 hours ago, probably was not going to have a podcast this week. Yeah. We are still in our off-season mode where we just kind of play it by ear and see how it goes but uh a lot of news dropping on us it's kind of crazy yeah it's a yeah it's been uh you know off season for us in in quotations because it doesn't <laughs> really feel like it yeah so a lot of crazy stuff happened uh, of course over the weekend um there were reports that orlando city was finalizing a deal to bring in dutch winger sylvester vanderwater and um we uh we actually didn't uh weren't able to get anything this time out we were you know maybe our uh maybe our sources were out uh, in Tallulah Canyon with you guys yeah i guess so uh, <laughs> you know it's it's pretty high from the top to the bottom so maybe they were at the bottom when i was at the top who knows who knows but anyway we uh uh we saw that uh paul tenorio had uh, confirmed from through his sources so we figured this is happening uh, we tried to dig and see if we get anything else, but uh, as I said, our sources were were not responsive this week, uh, as they normally, typically are, and and uh, so we uh, we went with what we had, uh, which was basically just that uh, there were confirmations of reports. Then, of course, uh, Alex Latell put out a tweet, and uh, he did it in Dutch, <laughs> so <laughs> that was a pretty good indicator. That this thing was, yeah, that this thing was coming down the pike and was about to be put to bed. I think our our um, I think Tenorio's confirmation came out on Saturday, if I recall correctly, and then um, and then here we are Tuesday, and the official announcement came today. So uh, signed to a three-year deal and an option year as well. So uh, another attacking piece. This is a guy who. Played a lot of right wing uh, at his uh, club in the Eredivisie, and uh, he's but he's left footed, so he could play either wing. And now you've got a lot of talent on the wings. Not sure if he can play in the middle at all, but uh, we may get a chance to see if that's the case. But the the bottom line is, you don't have to run Nani and Chris Mueller to death now. 
which uh, is a good thing because uh, on hopefully we will have an entire season uh, this coming <laughs> year, and that means that even though there'll be more maybe more rest in between matches, there's still going to be more matches. And uh, last I checked, having uh, more quality players that you can put on for other quality players is a good thing. Yeah, this is a player that they've been after since last summer. Um, it was they thought they were getting close to being able to bring him in um, last September, but um, you know the the club that he was with, uh, Heracles uh, Almelo. I'm probably saying that wrong, but um, like you, I'm tired, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, he he yeah he he um, is a guy who wanted to make the move then uh orlando definitely wanted to make the move then but his club had just lost some players and said you know maybe we don't want to lose just like everybody right now so um yeah but they finally were able to get it done uh very exciting signing it's a it's a targeted allocation money signing so um you know he's we're bringing in some somebody on a high contract he's going to be expected to perform so I've got to believe that this means that, you know, they're going to play him. And it that means either Nani or, or Chris Mueller may have to sit or maybe Nani goes up top with with uh, the striker. And, um, and and then you play both of them and maybe play a 4-4-2 that way. I, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but it's a good problem to have to have more good players uh, rather than to say, Oh well, we're all set with our starters, and we're good. We don't need any more good players. <laughs> exactly. I think you you you're right in that. It's it's a lot of what this may be a uh, a thing where it's a, a formation that Oscar wants to institute, or you know, uh, a certain style of play given the players that he has, and this is a a piece of the puzzle that allows him to do that more effectively. Um, because as you say, assigning this level, you're not bringing him in to sit on the bench all the time. So something has to give or shift or move, and the easiest thing would be shifting the formation a bit. So this is a player, Dave, that's in his prime. He's 24 years old, going to be here for three years, possibly four, um, and then who knows after that. Uh, but this is a, a player that if you go to our our story on the website uh, on at themainland.com, you check out the story, there's a a very nice uh, goals and assists um, highlights package video uh, that you can check out. And it's, it's pretty impressive. I mean, everybody looks good in their highlight video. That's why it's a highlight video, but still, um, you know, the, the, the plays that this guy makes uh, at a pretty good, you know, high level, uh, good league that he plays in. Uh, I think that that means uh, that the fans are going to be pretty happy with this signing. I think in the end, I know I am, um, so I didn't have to think about it too hard to be to be happy about it. You know, we had mentioned uh, on the last podcast that that uh, that international spot they got, um, you know, might not have been for Pato. And I'm not saying that it was for Vanderwater, but uh, the timing is curious. Well, we'll find out if they trade for another one. Yeah. Uh, then we'll know which which one that one was for. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's good to have. You have competition. You continuously or continually raise the bar, raise the quality of the team, raise the um, you know the top to bottom depth of the team, and 
you know, if, if guys can't keep up, then, you know, you just have a better starter in their place. Um, but yeah, I, I expect this to be a position battle. Um, and I expect uh, Pato will come in and probably battle to, to be the starter there. So uh, this is a, this is, you know, the, the, the starting lineup may look a little different this year, but you know, other teams, you look at what Columbus has done. All they did was they won the cup and then they went out and signed Kevin Molino and um, uh, bring in uh, Bradley Wright Phillips. I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches there. And you have to try to continuously get better and chase those teams down. You have to, you can't just say, hey, we had a pretty good team this year. Let's bring it all back and just keep what we got together. And we're magically going to be better and get over the hump. You have to continuously try to to raise the quality of the team. And, and that's what the team is doing. Yeah, you know, professional sports and, and player personnel in, in professional sports is a bit of an arms race. Uh, you know, always trying to get the the best possible players for the money that you have. And I think Orlando City has done a, a good job once again during this offseason. Um, you know, if you go back multiple episodes and we said that it would be people that uh, you you know may or may not have heard of. Now, obviously, Pato was a... Uh, a more well-known player that, um, you know, comes in and, and adds some of that experience. But at the same time, uh, you know, I don't think Vandewater was probably on most Orlando City, you know, supporters' radar, uh, you know, especially after it, they tried to get him and couldn't. And so now, you know, here he is. So it's uh, it's the kind of thing where, you know, as you mentioned, Depth matters and quality depth matters. And this, uh, you know, whether he starts, uh, you know, initially or not, doesn't matter. He's bringing quality to the club. Well, getting him this early means he should be uh, able to get through training camp and um, and go through camp with the team. And he should be there from day one. So if he's he's going to stamp his name on this team as a starter, it will be probably right out of the gate. So what happens, Dave, is that this now makes uh, well, you've got uh, you've got your striker, you bring in a Pato, and mm-hmm. you've got your backup goalkeeper, you bring in Brandon Austin, and and you get another attacking piece for the midfield. You got your uh, your left back with Suarez, so you've you've bulked up that position, waiting for uh, Jean Moutinho to get better. And uh, really, there's there's not an obvious replacement yet for Alex Dijon, but they did draft two center backs, so. I think they probably feel like they can make do, um, you know, if the, with the guys that they brought in. I think that there's there's real talent there, especially, you know, from what I've seen from Rio Hope Gunn. So, um, you know, I think this offseason has gone exactly the way that the club wanted it to. Yeah, and every position of need that we've talked about, uh, like you said, other than maybe a higher quality center back, has been addressed um, and, you know, in a way that was, I would say is, is unexpected, but that's, that's what we've come to expect from Luis Muzi is the unexpected. So, uh, <laughs> are we expecting it now? I'm not sure, but anyway, it's, it's, it's very much in, uh, his, uh, his wheelhouse and, and how this, how this all went down. Well, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition, Dave. But um, the, I'd say, you know, at center back right now, the the Lions have a, a great starting tandem, one of the best in the league. They have a really good third guy in Schlegel. 
Yep. So it's really just bringing along that a fourth guy just in case you need him. At some point, you're going to need him. Uh, and you don't have a Kamal Miller here anymore to do that. So, uh, you know, now you've got two guys that you've drafted. Can, you know, can you throw them in if you have to? Sure. But I still think maybe there's a move to be made before the season starts. Yeah, and even still, that center back, that additional center back, was that would have been at the bottom of the list of, of needs when we were talking about them. Yeah, maybe not the total bottom. you got to go into the season with four center backs. But, um, you know, I think they have they have a break glass in case of emergency plan with with maybe Rio Hope Gund um, or Hackenberg even. Um, but uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And, um, you know, it still probably wouldn't be surprising. There's still some veteran guys that are, are out of contract that you could bring in for probably fairly low money. So, you know, this – I don't know that they're done yet, but I think that they're getting pretty close to what the team will be when the season starts. And that's what happens when you bring just about everybody back. Yeah, it makes things easier for certain, and uh, it, th- that was one of the, the benefits of how well the club did last year and, and how well they gelled and bought into the system is not having to replace as many uh, players uh, as we have you know, felt the need to in previous seasons. Yeah, so now really the hard part for uh, where where Sylvester Vanderwater is concerned is coming up with a great nickname that's just as good as the Beefy Swede. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pressure really, is now on us. Uh, water pressure, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No pun intended. <laughs> we got a lot of water pressure here. Um, I was surprised to find out that uh, the Dutch word for water is water. Right. I, I yes. learned that this week. <laughs> I was this many years old when I figured that <laughs> yeah. out. So, um, hey, so welcome to Sylvester, and um, no word on whether they're going to sign a corresponding uh, player named Tweety, but uh, don't hold your breath. No, we wouldn't be that lucky. Yeah. All right, uh, more Orlando City news, Dave, from this week. The uh, preliminary rosters have come in from CONCACAF for Olympic qualifying. And there are a couple lions on this. Uh, Benji Michel and Andres Perea on the preliminary Olympic qualifying rosters. No Daryl DK, which tells me that uh, Barnsley would really rather not let him go, uh, you know, toward the end of their season and, uh, and perhaps, um, you know, not forcing the issue there. So um, a little bit of surprise, I think, seeing some of the forwards that are on that roster, I think DK stacks up, you know, preferably to some of them. So um, a little, a little bit of a surprise that uh, that he wouldn't be able to to be in the mix. But uh, Perea and and Michelle uh, are in the mix. So we will see. Uh, we will see if Benji Michelle makes the final roster. And if he does, does he get that first cap, even though he didn't get it at home like he could have? Yeah, which was of course a shame. But um, you know, that's that's done. It's in the past. Yeah. That's All what happens when now. you have a coach named Greg with too many G's in his first name. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> at least one too many. He's too busy putting that extra G at the end of his name when he's doing the signature and he doesn't have time to think of things like, I got to get Benji Michelle out there. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one would have thought maybe <laughs> he knew that it was a hometown kid and that perhaps you give him that first cap, but. Uh... Oh, well, uh, U.S. national coaches tend to give us uh, a little bit of heartburn over these over these past several years. So no surprise there. 
Indeed. All right, so uh, that would be our uh, our news, really, from the Orlando City front. Other than just to say that uh, an Orlando City draftee, Nick O'Callaghan, uh, has found a new team. Uh, he has signed with Tormenta in uh, in USL League One. So um, down a couple rungs, but maybe he can uh, work his way up the ladder. That's a, a good team in that league. So, uh, yeah. you know, he's he's you know, could maybe go in there and get some minutes and, and uh, develop and uh, and maybe take a step forward in his career, get up to the championship level, and then perhaps one day play in MLS. But uh, that day... Yeah, we wish him luck. That day is not today because there's, <laughs> no, there's, no, there's no games on the schedule. So that would be difficult. be difficult to play Major League Soccer uh, today with no games. Yeah, extremely, yes. Yeah. All right, uh, let us turn to the women's side, Dave, and talk about the Orlando Pride because, you know, they they don't care. They don't care if you're just going to make a big announcement about a TAM signing on the men's side. They're still going to make their announcements if they sign a player on the same day. Mm-hmm. Well, they're a, uh, they're a professional club in their <laughs> own right, and, and they have no concern about, you know, how that impacts one Michael Citra. They That's true. They really... If you think about it, more thought needs to be given to how this is going to affect me. Well, obviously, I mean, and I'm I'm in your corner on this one yeah. uh, when I'm not camping. <laughs> and more thought needs to be given to Dave's camping trips. That's right. Uh, I, but yeah, really, it, if, if the club had consulted <laughs> with me first, then I could have you know rescheduled my camping trip, and everything would have been fine. So yeah, the, the the club really uh, dropped the ball on this one in in not uh, not thinking of me more um, you know prominently, not keeping me more prominently in their thoughts. Uh, but they have uh, so both teams making a signing announcement today. The Pride Dave have signed Crystal Thomas, uh, uh, formerly of the Washington Spirit, uh, to a one year deal. Now she had come in. Uh, as a trialist and was only here, you know, not very long, just a short time before uh, Ian Fleming and Mark Skinner had seen enough and said, you know what, let's sign this player. Uh, Crystal is a forward. She has scored a goal and assisted a goal against the Orlando Pride. So uh, in Exploria Stadium, so she knows where to find the net in Exploria Stadium, (laughs) (laughs) which is always a plus. Um, And this, to me, is a really good signing because when you look at the fact that you're probably losing Marta and Alex Morgan for a month or more with the Olympics and the pre-Olympic camp, uh, you're going to need somebody who's not going to the Olympics to play forward. And uh, Sidney LaRue certainly fits the bill. And Thomas is a player that can step in and and has quality, you know, She's played NWSL soccer. She knows what it's about. She's you're, you know you're not talking about a a national team replacement player level player like we've seen the Pride have to turn to in the past and and with with not the best results. So again, when you raise the floor of your team, you know, and you're also constantly raising the ceiling of your team, you know, everything sort of works better. And and we just talked about. The fact that you bring in, um, you know, a player like Vanderwater for Orlando City, and then you go, oh no, we might not get to start Chris Mueller now, but that's not a bad thing if you're if you're getting better play. And the same is is true when you're, you know, you know, just like if if Mueller is a backup this season, that's a fantastic backup, and 
this is the same kind of thing. Is you're getting a higher quality backup than what the team has had before. Well, not only that, but you know, and as an aside on Mueller, if Mueller gets becomes the backup, there won't be a backup that works harder in the world than Chris Mueller will be to get back into the starting rotation. And that kind of uh, thing I think we'll see throughout Orlando City. And I think we're going to start seeing that uh, in the Pride as well. Um, you know, adding Thomas, like you said, there's a very good chance we're going to be missing some attacking pieces. This is an attacking piece we can have when, uh, you know, Morgan Marta are playing international. And it's we saw what happened in previous seasons when we lost so many of those players and we just did not have anybody to fill in behind them. And uh, Thomas does that in a much more effective way and, and also allows, you know, um, just better rotation up front too. Yeah. She's played uh, overseas quite a bit as well. Uh, She has, uh, played for Perth Glory in the W League, so this is a player that's done some traveling and has uh, has been, you know, able to score goals on multiple continents. So, not too bad. Uh, it's a good signing. Like I said, it's just it's not something that's gonna, you know, make headlines. But you know, come mid season when you need some quality off the bench, this is somebody who you're turning to. Whereas in the past, and I'm not trying to disparage uh, her as a player, but you know, Abby Alinsky was a midfielder that was shoehorned into playing forward for Mark Skinner, and it didn't work out, obviously. Right, and once again, you know, she's playing out of position. There's only so much you can expect from a player when, when you're making them do that. So um, I, th- I think this season we may hopefully get to actually judge Mark Skinner on, you know, his coaching rather than everything outside of his coaching. Yeah, rather than pity the guy for having a, an abnormal, yet another abnormality to his career in Orlando and saying, man, this guy can never catch a break. Uh, we hope that's not the case this year. We hope that he'll have a normal season where he can put his system in place, have his players pick it up, have his players execute that system on the field, and we'll see how that goes. I, I, I suspect that this is not a team that will win the league, but I suspect a much better team in 2021 than we've seen from the pride the last several years. Well, I, you know, a couple articles ago, I, I predict the, the pride would make the playoffs, which is okay. Yeah. A lot of, you know, a good proportion of the clubs will make the playoffs, but that hadn't been the case in the past for the pride. So it's still a step up. Yes. I am going to remind you of that hot take later in the season. If, uh, you know, when we see how things shake up. I think I literally wrote in that article <laughs> that one of the great things and one of the bad things is I can either go, aha, I was right, or be held completely accountable when I'm wrong. Well, you know, we, we, we run these, we run predictions pieces every year, and every year somebody looks bad for predicting something. So I think last year every single person on our staff predicted that Orlando City would either miss the playoffs or contend for one of the last spots. And this is a team that, I mean, they were two week with with a week and a half to go in the season. They were still very much in contention for uh, you know a top two spot in the league. So um, yeah. not too not too shabby. But uh, we don't mind when they make us look bad in that in that case. Right, just not the other way. Yeah. All right. Uh, so another forward that was definitely a need for the team. 
They have uh, filled that need. Of course, we still haven't seen really any um, big splashy signings for the Pride. We've seen, uh, you know, the team has has locked up Marta obviously to a, a long, you know, to a basically get an extra year out of her. They restructured her contract and made her an allocation money player. So it's like, hey, we really appreciate you being here. We really appreciate you know how good you've been. Here's a whole lot more money to stay happy, and, and uh, it gives uh, gives them another. Basically, it just makes what I think this was the option year makes this a year, and then another option year. So you can you can tie up uh, Marta a little bit longer, and um, so the the team has done some good things. But I kind of expected one or two maybe European players to to have been signed by now. Certainly, this team still could use some help on the back line. Uh, yeah. In the in the middle and uh, you know in the middle of that back line and I, I think that uh, that's an area where the team certainly still needs to get better but uh, uh, you know we're not there yet so we'll see we just uh, you know we're just starting to see some players uh, making those commitments to NWSL teams um, as uh, uh, OL Rain has uh, secured a Manchester City goalkeeper uh, so. You know, this is a, a chance for, you know, maybe maybe that's like the first pebble that starts the, you know, the, the not really. I don't expect an avalanche of players to come over, but, you know, certainly maybe that's the first the first domino to fall. Indeed. And, uh, you know, I with COVID and all that, who knows what that has done to some of the negotiations and the players who are, you know, willing to travel and are willing to make the move. I mean, there, there's so much going on there that that we, we just don't know about that that could be impacting the fact that we haven't seen more. Are you saying that there's still a pandemic out there? Uh, when I last checked with what the scientists were saying, they said yes, and so I am going to agree with the scientists. Well, that's pretty inconvenient if you ask me. It should have gone away by now. Well, I know that there were people who thought it would magically disappear, but that hasn't been the case. <laughs> Some of those people have magically disappeared. Yes. Uh, not, not, not to make light of it, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, you're right. That that could definitely be a factor. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think that there's still some moves up Ian Fleming's, uh, sleeves, you know, Q gave him one of those really cool jackets that probably hides all kinds of gadgets and stuff. I don't know why I'm doing this, still doing this James Bond well, thing with the Ian Fleming. I don't, <laughs> it's it's really a dead horse that is a, a, a fine paste at this point, and uh, well, it's not even funny. No, and and the sad thing is is that uh, not knowing how familiar our listeners are with James Bond, I, I want to make sure that they know that Q was the guy in James Bond who was the tech guy that gave him all the gadgets, not the weird guy online that was telling people conspiracy theories. Right. And also not the the guy with godlike powers on Star Trek: The Next Generation, nor the, nor him. Yes. Okay, yeah. So now that we've completely nerded out, um, <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I think people would know a lot more about James Bond if they would just release that damn movie. <laughs> you know, but at this point, um, who knows when that'll ever happen? Um, so yeah, the pride in you know adding another. Uh, Another player to the roster. I think it's a good move. Uh, I think it's a low risk move. It's a it's a one year deal, so we'll see what Crystal Thomas can uh, bring to the Orlando Pride. Dave, there is a soccer tournament going on at Exploria Stadium. It's two thirds of the way over. It's got another 
another day left. And as this uh, podcast will drop on the final match day, uh, we will talk a little bit about the uh, the She Believes Cup at Exploria Stadium and more stuff going on at the stadium because obviously every event is always going to happen at Exploria Stadium from now till the end of time. And we will talk more about that right after this. And we're back. Dave, uh, we have... Uh, We've talked about Orlando City. We've talked about the pride. By the way, uh, speedy recovery to Viviana Viacorda, who uh, tweeted out a, a photo of her, uh, I, I guess, post-surgery. She tore her ACL. And, um, you know, you never want your first-round draft pick to go tear their ACL in their first uh, spring season game uh, when you're hoping to get them before the end of your summer season. Uh, but that is what happened. So the pride is going to have to wait for Viviana to recover. We we hope that she has a speedy and uh, successful recovery from the the surgery. Yeah, something like that happens. Like you know, when you land on uh, go to jail, go straight to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. It's really it really just stinks. Somebody probably left some Legos on the field, and she stepped on the Lego. And as you know, those are crippling. As a parent, I do indeed yeah. know the crippling factor of Legos yes. on the floor. I had the pleasure just just a couple of short days ago of stepping on a clear, so this is why I didn't see it, a clear hair clip that my daughter had left on the floor. Ooh, and, those uh, are my, dangerous. Yeah, that was, um, I'm pretty sure I should have gone to the hospital, but, you know, I didn't. I toughed it out, <laughs> and yeah, here I, I mean, am today. <laughs> plastic can break and there's little metal parts and uh it's sharp even if nothing breaks that's uh whew. yeah well it didn't even break i'm I'm impressed with the strength i'm gonna have to find out who made it and, and <laughs> get her more of those but only that have bright colors right. <laughs> no more clear <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah because it didn't break with my weight on it that that's that's impressive so All right, so let us turn our attention toward that tournament we spoke of that is going on at Exploria Stadium. It is the She Believes Cup. There have been two previous She Believes Cups that have had games at Exploria, but this is the first time, Dave, that the stadium has hosted the entire event, so we've seen uh, four games of the six already, and uh, the United States women's national team opened uh, against Canada, and uh, Brazil opened against uh, Argentina and uh, Brazilians took care of business in the first game, as you would expect. Marta scored the first goal of the tournament on her club home grounds uh, from the penalty spot. Um, pretty good tournament so far for Marta. I thought that at times she was a little bit invisible, uh, playing a little bit of a deeper role for Brazil uh, against Argentina, but against the U S she was very, very good. I thought she came, uh, to play and I thought that she created some issues for the United States and, um, you know, Kelly O'Hara being out with a, a minor injury. seems like Kelly O'Hara always has an injury. Uh, they played, uh, Vladko Andonovsky played Midge purse at right back the first game and there, it didn't go great. It was okay. Uh, so it went with Emily Sonnet in game two against Brazil, and that didn't go very well either. I didn't think, I, I thought that the right back position struggled overall both games. And the other thing is the finishing, Dave. The U.S. is not finishing chances. Uh, Alex Morgan came off the bench in game one, 
at about the hour mark, I guess, uh, if I'm recalling correctly, and then started the second game and went about uh, 70 minutes, I think, in game two, and didn't really get a ton of good looks, and the ones she got, you know, didn't go well, but, I mean, that was that was nothing new. I mean, Carly Lloyd was missing the net, and, and uh, Lindsey Horan was missing the net. I mean, everybody was... Everybody seemed to be missing the net. The first game uh, came down to a late Rose Lavelle goal and uh, lifted the U.S. to a 1-0 win over Canada. Um, I believe Brazil had won 4-1 in the early game. And then uh, that set the stage for the weekend. And Sunday, the U.S. and Brazil played for the... uh, Basically, whoever was going to win that was going to take a stranglehold in the tournament. And... um, you know, they went out and had the early game, and it was a really, really hard-fought contest. Uh, the U.S. scored 11 minutes in, uh, but then really couldn't put a second one in, really had trouble. Again, had plenty of opportunities, couldn't put the ball in the net, gave up some opportunities. Brazil probably should have had a couple of goals in this game, and uh, in the end, they get a late insurance goal and win 2-0, so the U.S. women's national team has still never lost at Exploria Stadium, Dave, and has still not conceded a goal at Exploria Stadium. Which is amazing, like you said, considering uh, how they haven't been scoring in the droves that they normally are, are able to do. And, you know, Brazil played well. I thought Canada played uh, some incredibly feisty ball uh, in that, that first match. And, and honestly, when um, Lavelle finally got that goal, I, literally the words out of my mouth as I was watching it was finally, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I said, there had been so many, so many missed chances that were incredibly frustrating as a, uh, you know, as an American outlaw. And so uh, I was, I was glad I was, I was relieved they got that first win, uh, honestly. And then, you know, I, then I was glad um, that they were able to go in and, and, and beat Brazil and, and, you know, maintaining clean sheets important. Uh, and like you said, it, it just adds to that mystique of Exploria Stadium and the U.S. national teams. Indeed. So uh, that put the U.S. in first place, six points. The U.S. basically a draw or better against Argentina on Wednesday, and the cup is uh, is staying with the U.S. It'll be a second consecutive, uh, she believes, cup title for the United States. Um, the late game on Sunday was a very intriguing game. Canada and Argentina played a game that was played mostly in Argentina's half, but Canada had trouble finishing and and just had trouble, you know, really getting any good quality chances despite a ton of possession. Argentina had some chances on the counter. They had um, a pretty legitimate shout for handball in the box that didn't uh, get called. And uh, then just two minutes into stoppage time when Argentina was close to, like, what would have been a fantastic result for their program, they get called for a handball outside the box. It sets up a free kick that was kind of, eh, not not my favorite call, especially given, you know, given one that was uh, let go in the box the other way earlier. And uh, just one of those cases where the ball just bounces around and nobody can really clear it, nobody can really get a foot on it. It ends up on the wrong person's foot, goes in the net, off the keeper, and and Canada wins, escapes with a 1-0 win. So Canada stays alive. Canada still has an outside shot, but uh, Canada will need a lopsided win over 
Brazil, and they would need the U.S. to lose, and that's probably not going to happen against Argentina. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to Vegas on those odds. Uh, that's for sure. And Argentina had uh, lost some players in this game as well to injury, and um, they're thin to begin with. So, Vladko uh, uh, Andonovsky said he's going to he's going to you know give some players a look. Um, and so we're going to see what kind of uh, what kind of uh, lineup comes out this uh, on Wednesday, and we'll see if Alex can get in and get back on the score sheet. And um, yeah, it's been a good tournament, and uh, you know they've they've allowed some fans in the building, and that's been you know good to see. Good to see people back at the stadium. They're they're doing a pretty decent job, I think, of distancing the fans from where they're sitting, in relationship to others. Uh, and that's probably what we're going to continue to see as we move into the season, you know, until everybody gets vaccinated up, except except for people who think vaccinations are, are bad because they don't. I, 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 I'm not even going to finish the because because I don't know yeah. what the because is there, but. Yeah, because, we're you're, not because gonna... you're because you're getting because you're getting microchip from from uh, Microsoft Gates. Yeah, from Bill Gates, because you're not already carrying around a device that tells people everything they need to know about you. Yes. And, and it's, it's being done for reasons. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's what we got going on. We get the, uh, the final on Wednesday and, uh, I expect the U S will probably f- they, as they typically do, they get better as tournaments go on as they've had more time to, to play and, and get, uh, more, more cohesion, um, you usually start to see it in the second game. We didn't really see it on Sunday, but maybe we'll see it on Wednesday and see the team. Uh, they they should beat handily uh, Argentina, although Argentina did really give Canada a pretty good scare. Not to, to beat them, um, but, you know, to, to draw at least. They, they had a couple of opportunities where... Uh, Canada's goalkeeper was out and they tried this, you know, insanely long three quarters of the field shot to, to beat her and it got nowhere close. So, um, if, you know, that was an opportunity to put one in, they, they headed one off the crossbar on another occasion. So there were maybe some, some nervous, uh, and anxious uh, Canadian fans, but uh, Canada gets the win there. And I expect that the U S will beat Argentina and uh, and take the trophy, and uh, yet uh, defend the U.S. fortress fortress that is Exploria Stadium. Indeed. Anything else going on at Exploria Stadium? <laughs> well, everything else is going on at Exploria Stadium. So, um, <laughs> right, you know, it, right, it is. It's a U.S. fortress. Now we've we've seen already in a short period of time that it is not a Canadian fortress. Uh, well, not at least not against. Uh... At least not against the U.S. No. Yeah, so the, the Canadians have lost on the men's and women's side in Exploria Stadium to the United States. And Canada, they will be hosting, in air quotes, uh, a World <laughs> Cup qualifier on March 25th behind closed doors at, uh, at Exploria Stadium. And it will be against Bermuda. And uh, so Team Canada also knows that we've got the best stadium in the country right here. Maybe on the well, continent. That, that, it could be the world. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, 
at this point, we know that all events have to take place there. And, you know, as I, I bet you Canada is just like, well, we're not playing the U.S. So, yeah, OK, sure. That sounds good. Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, uh, if uh, I haven't seen maybe they've already released the, the roster, but I'm interested to see if Kyle Laren gets a call up. He's had a great season this year. And if Kyle Laren can come play in Exploria Stadium, that'd be kind of cool. That would be uh, that would be a little uh, a little odd, but really cool, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's uh, Exploria Stadium hosting yet another big event, big international event. And, I mean, just announce it already. The Olympics are moving to Exploria Stadium. Just announce it. Why are we putting this off? I don't know. This is what happens when they don't ask us for, you know, ways to do things. Yeah. And then, you know, that way if, if, if Orlando Pride players get called up and, and if Orlando City players get called up and they don't play in the Olympics, uh, you know, maybe they, they don't play on like a, a Wednesday and they don't play in in their midweek game, maybe they could play for Orlando City and Orlando Pride on the weekend. There you go. Because they're, a... they're here. Yeah, that's a brilliant <laughs> plan. I like it. All right, Dave, that is all of the soccer news that I've got for you. Do you have anything else you wanted to discuss in the world of soccer? No, but as we've mentioned, my brain's fried, so uh, we wouldn't want to rely on anything that I, you know, put out there for a potential news story anyway at this point. Indeed. All right, let's get us to our mailbag then. And there are two ways you can ask us anything at the Mainland Podcast. You can do it via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the Mainland. And you would like to spell that with an M-A-N-E, not an M-A-I-N. And don't forget to put the word the. It's a small word, but an important one. The Mainland. At the Mainland is our is our Twitter, is what I'm trying to get at. And if you uh, hit us up with the hashtag AskTMLPC, we can find your question very easily. And we can answer it on our show the other way you can do it is to email us at the mainland at gmail.com same spelling of main the mainland at gmail.com again ask tmlpc in the subject line and uh, we'll we'll get to your questions we'll answer your questions and we do have a question in our email this week dave it's from sam atkinson hi sam sam says thanks for reading my question last week hey you emailed us. Of course we're going to read your question and answer it. But you're uh, welcome anyway. Yeah. So he says, so here is another. Uh, with Vanderwater finally getting the transfer he has been wanting. One, who would you start, Mueller or Vanderwater? Is that the question? That's it? That's the okay. question. That's the first question. Uh, I'll, I'll give my standard answer of why not both? Um, you know, we talked about, you know, maybe uh, – moving uh, the shape around, you know, a little bit of a different formation. Uh, but in the spirit of the question, if I had to choose, um, assuming that Vanderwater gets here, is integrated, and gets the full preseason, blah, 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 I'd probably say Vanderwater, because uh, as I mentioned earlier, nobody will work harder at that point than Chris Mueller to get back into the starting 11, and he will be a monster off the bench when he comes in. I would start whoever wins the battle, and I think that battle will go on all season long. And, in fact, uh, 
uh, I think Nani is going to have to up his game. I think Nani might have to play a little bit better. Um, we do see some potential for um, a formation where all three could be on the field at the same time. Um, but really, I think you don't make this move if you're if you're Luis Muzi and you're Oscar Pereja. You don't make this move unless you absolutely know what you want to do with the lineup. Uh, they know what they have in Chris Mueller. It's possible they'll end up selling him to Europe uh, sometime this year. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But who I would start is whoever earns it. And I think, um, you know, that doesn't just come down to effort. That also comes down to quality. So what are you, you know, are you integrating with the team? Are you, are you, are you doing all the little things that Oscar is asking you to do, you know, in, in terms of uh, playing the, uh, you know, playing the formation, playing the system uh, the way he wants you to. So there's a lot that goes into that. We won't see it because it'll be behind closed doors at practice. And uh, that's who you start. You start who has earned it. Um, so I, I wouldn't just ever say, I'm going to give this guy the starting nod over that guy. Um, because I just I just don't. That's just not how it works in a sports team. you got to earn your way onto the field. So uh, his second question is, because of this move, do you see Mueller moving to the left side more often? So that we are set up more for next year when we won't have Nani. Now, I mentioned that, uh, you know, Vanderwater actually has a stronger left foot. It's his dominant foot. So if you're going to move somebody to the left side, probably not going to be Mueller unless you want to use inverted wingers. And that way you've got your both your wingers who can cut in on their stronger foot. So I don't really know what Oscar's preference is, but it doesn't seem like he wants his guys to to work that way. But uh, yeah, no, no, I agree with you. And I, I would I would think um, that you now Vanderwater would, would be on the left Mueller on the right. But as, as we've seen many times last season, uh, where the guys are ostensibly supposed to be on the field is not necessarily where the plays are going to be coming from when they're delivering them. Uh, Oscar's attack is very fluid. And thus, you know, we've seen plenty of times where Nani and Mueller have switched sides of the field, you know, you, you just kind of look up and, Oh, well now Nani's over there. So there's, there's no reason to suspect that it would be any different with Vanderwater. Right. Also the question here kind of, kind of assumes that we won't have Nani next year. And yeah. Um, you know, I don't know that that's a foregone conclusion. I think that the, the front office loves him. I think that, um, you know, his teammates certainly respect him and and the coach likes him and he likes it here. If he wants to play another year here, I don't see any impediment to that. I think that the team was, would be willing to pay him to come back and play another year as long as he's continuing to perform. It's not like Kaká who comes in and he's got his deal and his sort of his performance kind of falls off to a noticeable, um, you know, a noticeable way. I, I think that Nani still played at a pretty high level last year. Um, you know, he's not, uh, he's not the Nani of 10 years ago, but Hey, I'm not the me of 10 years ago either. <laughs> <laughs> After hiking this weekend, I know for sure I'm not. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm not assuming that he, that, that Nani won't be around for another year if he wants to be, if he wants to extend his contract, he, he's, uh, sort of kind of intimated that he probably would just fill out his contract here and then, and then leave. But you know, he does like it here and you never know if they're really close to winning it this year and he feels like they could come back and win it next year. There's certainly a chance that that he could be back. So, uh, Sam, thank you so much for the questions in the email. 
Uh, Dave, do we have questions in the Twitters? We do actually have one uh, because at least one person heard us uh, calling them out and decided that they they shall not be called out again this week. And that's <laughs> friend of the pod, Ryan Smith. And it's we're gonna have to we're gonna have to give this one a little thought, and so we may have to go back and forth on this a little bit. Hypothetical: okay. Orlando City gets to play the worst lower division team in the Open Cup. Create a winning starting eleven while playing everyone out of their natural positions to let the boys have a little bit of fun. <sighs> a everybody's got to play out of position. Well, yes, first of all. Has- that's a really bad idea. It doesn't. That's that's how you end up losing to the worst team that in the draw is that right. you do something silly like this. Um, but if you have to do that, obviously I'm going to play the beefy Swede at striker and just lob and just going to lob crosses into him all day long. Him and Antonio Carlos are the two man strike team. Okay, I like that. Um, I'm I'm going to put. Uh, one Rodrigo Schlegel in goal. That's a gimme. That's a layup right there. That's a gimme. <laughs> that's a gimme right there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have uh, Junior Urso as a fullback um, because, yeah, he's a defensive-minded guy anyway. But uh, I think he would. He would. The, the only problem would be keeping him, you know, in a fullback position, and not getting all the way up the field. Um, I would I like would, to see Zhao as attacking mid. I would. I was going to say I would like to have Juan in that position because he's just going to run around like a water bug and draw like fifty-two free kicks around the area, and and then you can lob those balls in to you know the aforementioned beefy Swede and Antonio Carlos. Well, depending on what formation you're doing, you could have both Zhao and Juan move up to attacking mid mm-hmm. positions. So, I mean, you know, we're, th- we're having fun here. I think Vanderwater has uh, has some good good wheels. I'd put him at left back. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. Um, Try to think of anybody else I want out there. Uh, I like I like uh, having the beefy suite up top. Um, you know, where, where would you put Nani? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe I put uh, Nani at like a, a deep lying uh almost like um almost like you know how Sasha Kleschen used to play a deep lying attacking midfielder like a central midfielder uh maybe like in the the Udi Rossell role kind of okay all right I like him in Nuri's role uh I would put uh Galese at center back because he's you know he's really good with his feet yeah and uh, you know you get to take those back passes, and uh, he's just got to make sure that he doesn't pick the ball up. That's all. Well, well, and then he's got <laughs> he's got uh, he's got a center back in goal yelling at a, a keeper in center back, which is I, I like that immensely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would. How about uh, Uri as a as a center back? I know he's maybe not as tall, but uh, it would be. I think it would be interesting. I was thinking Daryl DK would be my other center back. Ooh, yeah, him or maybe Tesho. Uh, yeah, because yeah, DK is a center dude's, back. That would be really good. Yeah, the dude's got good size, and he would be impossible to knock. Uh, you know, to to I mean, physically, he's just going to overpower the other team's forward. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, 
I would say I'm going to go a little outside the boundaries here and say Kyle Smith is now uh, taking Oscar Pereja's uh, spot. Yeah. Because he can play anywhere. So Hashtag audited. Um, <laughs> I thought you meant he was going to coach. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. what I mean. He's yeah, so coach. he's going he's gonna to coach. Um, you know, and, and I think uh, Mueller could be his assistant coach if he's not playing fullback. Oh man, the, the the toughest part of that is keeping him in the uh, the coaches coaches area, though. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, hope we did your question some justice, Ryan. It's it's ludicrous, but we did not back down from the challenge. No, we did not. Um, Which is probably not a great thing, but there you go. Yeah, that loss to Miami FC a few years ago, I think, um, you know, would have me thinking, yeah, let's not do that. Yeah. let's let's like, try to take this seriously it's I, I get that it's a fun exercise and we can certainly play around on this podcast with it but uh if oscar ever actually did that then we would we would be looking at much bigger problems than whatever happened in that match yeah all right uh any other questions in the twitter i just double checked and that's all we got this week which is to be fair 100 percent more than we had last week indeed all right so that'll do it. Uh, I think we've uh, we've exhausted our topics. Uh, we had we had no topics when the day began, and by the <laughs> end of the day, we had several topics. So we we talked about them. We came, we saw, we conquered, and uh, here we are at the end of uh, episode uh, two thirty four. I believe I said it was, and if I yes. said it, it must be true. Because so, now it's going to be on the internet. <laughs> yeah, and everything on the internet is true. Exactly. All right. Uh, you can find Dave online on Twitter at Mainland Dave. I'm at Mainland Michael, and of course, this little website that we have, the Mainland, is at the Mainland, as I mentioned earlier. And uh, you can hit us up at that very Twitter account at the Mainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC, and we will answer your question on the air. You can also email us at the Mainland at gmail.com and ask the question that way. We would also invite you to please go to iTunes and, and leave us a star rating. And if that star rating is five and you write a review, well, we'll read it on the air. Nobody did that this week, Dave, so I know you're gonna your week is off uh, to a bad start. Look, somebody gets to be the first of 2021 mm-hmm. to, to write a review. It could be you, listener. Yeah, it won't you take long. the person. I mean, it, it doesn't take long. You could, just, you could just throw five stars down there and go, these guys are awesome awesome sauce and that would be it that's all you have to do we'll we'll read these guys are awesome sauce we'll read that on the air and we'll feel really good about being called awesome sauce yeah without a doubt <laughs> yeah so you can uh, you can do that make dave's week for next week get your get your ratings and your reviews in and uh, it's a free absolutely no charge way for you to spend almost no time and still help our podcast to reach more people and that's yeah. what we're going for here. Yeah. And then, you know, when more people jump on board, you could be like all cool and stuff and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been listening to those guys for years. In fact, in fact, they refer to me as friend of the pod when they read my questions. Exactly. And then you will be like just a, a rock star in them in their eyes. And they'll be like, wow. Yeah. That's cool. You're <laughs> awesome sauce. Yeah, exactly. You, too, can be awesome sauce. So, uh, yeah, read our stuff at themainland.com. Like us on Facebook. I think that covers everything. 
anything else? Uh, anything else you want to discuss before we get on out of here? I, you know, we could discuss all kinds of things, but I don't want to because it might actually be a short podcast if we don't. That's true, and I will not take a long time to tell you that someone actually responded to me about my rambling about the Phantom Menace and said <laughs> that they loved that film. They saw it when they were a kid. They absolutely loved it. And but now, oh my god. <laughs> So yeah, I'm not the only one. Yeah, some things, some things as adult eyes uh, reveal things that a child's eyes lied about. Indeed, and it's two things can be true: you can love something, and it can be absolutely horrible. Yes, also true. This explains rap music. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That's all for us today. People can love it. And that doesn't make it good. I'm just uh, saying. Goodbye to whatever part of our audience yeah. likes rap. Eh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Go I've listen. already, I, I think I've already uh, established um, my uh, old white guy music credentials here on the show. But uh, you literally have a website about it, so yeah. I do. That's and that's and that's exactly how it how it happened, how it happened here on the show. But no, um, I didn't even like it when Rush put rap into their song. So that, that tells you where I'm coming from. But hey, you like what you like. That's fine. That's I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, not going to shame you for it, even though I just did. <laughs> he won't do it again. I won't do it again. That's in the last podcast. time in this podcast. All right, that's it for us. We'll be back uh, either next week or the week after. It depends on what the news cycle is telling us to do. But get your questions in so that they're in, and we'll have them, and we'll answer them on the next show. And uh, that will be episode 235. But 234 has now concluded. We're all going to go our separate ways and do our separate things. And there's only one thing left for me to do, and that's to say, go City, go Pride, go OCB, go U.S., and go capture that She Believes Cup on Wednesday. <laughs>